Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. And I'm Holland. And I'm not Chris. Because he's not here! He's Chris. alive. <laughs> he's just not here. Yeah, we really want to confirm that. We're going to go ahead and rip that band-aid off really quickly. Uh, Chris is alive and well, uh, although he is working himself nearly to death at the Fringe Festival. His team, uh, Robot Team Ant and the Accidental Party, actually has a, sh- uh, a play playing at the Fringe Festival. So Time Heart. Time Heart. Uh, if this goes up in time, check it out. If not, it probably won't. look at the Instagram <laughs> pictures. It's uh, <laughs> a play in time, so. Yeah, oh! It. It's going to be super successful, so it'll be... Yeah, okay, it'll play again. again. Yeah, obviously. It'll be on repeat. It'll be like I a... know the concept. It's really funny. But we don't know who you are. Sorry. <laughs> who is that voice? <laughs> mysterious voice. Uh, so this is my really, really good friend and huge, huge Buffy fan, Ben Margley. Hello. Hi. I'm I'm what he said I was, but me being saying it. I said it to you. You hear it in your ears now. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to start off by apologizing for me. Okay. Yeah, we met possibly over Buffy. Yeah, probably. I mean, we talked. No, we met. We actually, we met. We really bonded over 500 Days of Summer. Was that how we bonded? 100%. That was years later. Because we were both. I know, I know. I mean, like, up until that point. Didn't we we live together before that? Yeah, I'm sure that was what it was. Okay. No, no, I think that was before we lived. I just remember I sat down uh, and you were sitting and Mia was in between. Yeah. And then we were watching 500 Days of Summer. And then Raphael played, and we both turned over to her at the exact same time and said, is that Carla Bruni? And then we became friends forever. Yeah. I remember the Carla Bruni connection. This is great. I feel like if Carla I Bruni was in the same room as you guys and had known you all at this point in your lives, I too would have become friends with you. That's I'm right. a really big 500 Days of Summer fan. That's great. It's, like, great it's really Real good. Yeah. I was so obsessed with that movie. I'm still obsessed with it. It was the Guardians of the Galaxy of Romance comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then it got usurped by Guardians <laughs> really of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Anyhow, Ben <laughs> is joining us here from Hong Kong, where he actually runs his own theater company. Yeah, I do, and it's a lot of fun, uh, but I won't bore you with the details <laughs> about the theater company. He's so humble. Uh, uh, but we're going to yeah. do a bonus session. We're not exactly sure when this is going to go up. We just know that Chris is busy blowing us off to go hang out with his cool improv buddies. So uh, we're just going to do this entirely scripted podcast. Um, and we're going to be talking about characters. We're going to focus on characters that we've met so far in season one. We don't know yet if we're going to spill over into spoiler territory. If we are, we will give you a fair warning. Yeah. But and then we'll record an announcement afterwards, and you will have already heard it. So you'll know. We don't as know we yet. said, definitely scripted. You but know we don't know yeah. if we're going to say things <laughs> about it because we're spontaneous. This is gold. Recording. I just did it's Dylan's podcast and he was like talking about how great our podcast was and how organized we were. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was like... I can tell you listening abroad. Mm-hmm. I am just happy that you guys are doing what you do. Thank and, you. Uh, that's all I have to say. I'm going to leave now. All right, um, great. Cool. That was uh Let's go in the library. <laughs> <laughs> did you just do the sound effect? Do you do that for yourself? Yeah, we like, always do we that. Do it. Have to do Sometimes it, right? it gets left in the episode. Like the episode that the, I'm working on right now. We'll probably just, have it. We're just leaving it. Right well, because Chris just, makes the yeah. most ridiculous noise. So it stays. He sounds like a <laughs> raccoon impersonating Chris opening a door. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a common thing. Uh, um, so yeah, we're going to be t- discussing characters. Um, yeah. And... Uh, that's it. I don't know why I added so many connective words Characters there. and, and I guess, you know, Characters. who they are. Yeah, yeah like, like get really down names, into... Names, right? Names definitely going to have to start with a name. We should do their alignment. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to okay. plug my one... Well, actually, people have also left negative comments on this article. So I was going to say, we should plug my one Geek and Sundry article that people don't give me shit about. But that would be a lie, because people give me shit about all of them. We can leave this in. We don't have to edit this out. Yeah, I'm feeling I, this. There's no need to edit anything. Probably leave right this now. last minute anyway. This is very behind the scenes. Anyhow, we're all... Uh, we all have a background in theater. <laughs> Let's plug that article. <laughs> um, now uh, you're leaving me hanging, even if you don't like... <laughs> What's the one they don't give you shit about? I want to know. Uh, oh no! I no! I was just saying that they because I I write our. Uh, oh, I know. I a read lot one of my today. articles. Discuss, you read, read one, one of my articles. I read today? one today. Which was for, the, for the everyone listening? Yeah, Bechdel test. test. That's so the when one. I saw that, I was like, "Are we going to talk about Bechdel test?" Because I feel like it obviously passed. The Bechdel test one. Do all the episodes pass? They have to. Oh, they have that's to. a really good question. Are there any that don't? 
I bet you there's some later on that don't pass. There's yeah, probably later some, on. There's probably some episodes 100%. that don't pass. And those will probably be the worst episodes. Yeah. Well, because the thing about the Bechdel test, like basically Good job, like... Dave Fury. Just kidding. <laughs> I wrote the most simple article on the Bechdel test. And my main point about the Bechdel test is like, a lot of people are like, oh, it's problematic because it's supposed to be a gauge of feminism or LGBT representation. Uh, well, I guess not LGBT, I guess just lesbian um, representation in like film and television. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And that's totally true. Um, but the thing about the Bechdel test is everything should pass it because it's literally the most simple kind of like generic way a writer can kind of show that women are like important characters and not just like there to serve the male lead. Um, yeah. And I and it's not even like, I didn't say like, oh, if a movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test, it's not a good movie. I mean, there's some good movies that probably don't because maybe they just don't happen to have a female character in them. Um, and I mean, there I can't say that that's, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to go into it too much because like, yes, I'm a feminist, but also like, yeah, there's movies that just have male characters in them and I really like them. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think, I, I honestly, when I, you know, my understanding of it, it just, to me, represents that it has more than one point of view. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. That the audience for it and the the people within it, that there's yeah. more more than one perspective. Because otherwise, yeah. if it doesn't pass, then it's really just from one solitary kind of perspective, and it, it should. Yeah. It's, it's a fleshed out world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... It doesn't have, yeah. Yeah. It's, it could... you Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example Didn't of Didn't you say that in benefits. the article that... Um, event no which one didn't pass none of the batman pass? films passed. well i didn't i didn't well, yeah, even specifically point out which one didn't kill pass. Off many important i characters. basically i said that there are a lot of movies that yeah. didn't pass but i was trying not to be negative so i didn't even specifically mm-hmm. point out the ones that didn't yeah. pass i just pointed out the ones that did pass and i didn't describe how they passed because i didn't want to go too deep into spoilers yeah um but also i kind of mentioned that some of the ones that passed like barely pass as is the case with age of ultron like technically it passes but yeah it barely passes sin city passes but for a character with that many female characters it barely passes and sin yeah. city 2 doesn't even pass at all wow so i wouldn't know because i didn't see it but it's, it's <laughs> i was it's not great but the other problem is like writing like yes i was writing an article about the bechtel test but i'm writing it for geek and sundry which is a geek audience so i stuck to writing about comics because it's mm. based off mm-hmm. of a comic yeah um and some people were like, why are you even talking about this? This isn't related to geek culture. And it is. That's a lie. Why would you say um, that? And I tried to even really? make it more relevant to geek culture. Really? That doesn't make sense. Really? So we should why just, are you I, I'm language? just going to make that a podcast to the thing I read where I just read comments and I'm like. That'd actually be a crazy podcast. <laughs> yeah, you should. You yeah, I'll be totally down. I'll subscribe. Oh, sorry. I need to throw this out there. Do it. First of all, I love podcasts. Just, I love listening to it. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank second you. of all. Long time listener. <laughs> when, <first. laughs> when I first, when I first heard this, the first the first joke that even popped in my head I was like oh, I pictured me coming on here like earlier today and I was like guys you should rename it how did this get slayed because I love the podcast how oh did this get how made? did it get made yeah and and then I realized you should never share this thought with other human beings and guys guess what I did you just shared it I just it. shared it with human beings but someone, the exact people I thought I should. someone should make how did this um, get slayed but then it really also should. sounds a lot like laid yeah yeah I think and that's slay why I, also I associate slay with like obviously Buffy but also like now it's just like a slang thing and Santa yeah oh and Santa <laughs> how did yeah. this get slayed well the reindeers slay. can fly or a Christmas story right that's yeah. that's a thing that yeah or um um Citizen Kane yeah um it's a movie I've heard of. It's yeah. Slide, a movie I really yeah. should watch. Um, it's actually a really good movie, uh, but you also have to watch it in the context of the time, which I is hear, another thing. Okay. You have can, to go back yeah. in time to I watch it. I hear it's it. a good movie. Another tie into Time Hardy. Because uh, of the characters within the movie. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the characters. I, I yeah, mean to talk I about the characters. Um, Orson Welles would have loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is the show that we are talking about. You segued. Out and then back in. That was amazing. So let's go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the specific characters and breaking down these characters and talking about what we have here, especially as the with our aforementioned theater backgrounds, um, one thing I love about Buffy in general and whole, and this is something that ties into what we were talking about earlier in this podcast, um, is the idea of active characters. I just it's weird how few active characters we have in the history mm. of television and film. Mostly Game of Thrones. I have a, this is no. an issue that Holland and I have talked about in a lot of car rides uh, over to record the podcast, is that I have an issue with Game of Thrones, especially this season. Right now, this is going to date it. 
Whatever season of Game of Thrones Apparently it's better now, though. I mean, it doesn't really matter when this gets released because Game of Thrones will possibly be over. And the end of the current season that is on gets better, I have heard. But the way this season starts off is very slow and a lot of passivity. That's my issue is a lot of characters are passive. Some in putting put in very submissive positions that like yeah. I just don't like that I just don't like to watch yeah um but the idea of like taking it out of maybe that conversation because it has a lot of variables but like with Jon Snow where it's like do you want to go do this and Jon's like I've, I probably shouldn't <laughs> we should go do this I probably it's, I probably it's, shouldn't it's funny I mean like when you have a lot of passive characters um when they take action it, it makes those moments so yeah. interesting so it's it's hard because I love Buffy because it characters move and they do they make choices and they they progress even if it's at ends to, like up opposite each other. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Sometimes I really love the idea. Like for I don't know. This is gonna be about Jon Snow, but Jon Snow when characters keep asking him to do things and he keeps refusing it, it's mm-hmm. it's more interesting to me because. Um, I don't know, you keep watching the road not taken again and again and again. Yeah. And you, and you wonder, and that makes you more interested in, like, where he's going. But then again, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's, like, a it's a stylistic thing. Like, yeah. I think, personally, thinking of the shows that I like, I like things that are character-driven and character-driven by yeah. characters who kind of, like, have a set mission, even if maybe they don't necessarily know, have a right about that, or, mm. like, they may be, like, flawed in some way, and they may, like, fuck up a lot. But they kind of are constantly trying to do something. Like, they're constantly moving yeah. in some direction. Um, because it does get boring. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, that's also an issue with television that you run into. But that's what's so interesting about, like, Buffy that they were able to pull it off. Is that when you have these this giant world, you can't have Jon Snow changing every five minutes. No. Where it has to be, like, a big deal that he falls in love with the egret and stuff like that. Sorry. Sorry if you haven't seen the show. Jon Snow is a character, yeah. and we just ruined that. Jon Snowden um, was WikiLeaks? Uh, yeah, <laughs> completely. Uh, John Oliver talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'll tell you. That's the second John Oliver reference we made. What was the first one? The, remember when Chris and I freaked out about John Oliver? And we were just like, that In my man head. is amazing. Oh, yeah, well, okay, since the then I... The Playhouse, like, like theme. <laughs> <is over. laughs> like, oh, um, that's how I feel about John Oliver. Yeah. He, he is the secret word. He is, he is the secret word. Um, but with Buffy, what's really cool is that you have characters that are very... They manage to have a lot of active characters. For example, like Willow. Like, I hate referring... To, it's such a fallacy, but referring to like the worst possible world where like Willow would just be a background character. She's just supporting. But mm-hmm. we get an episode in this season where she chooses to uh, engage with this man she hasn't met online. And that's yeah. how the episode is fueled. That's how we learn about this message. Instead of it being like oh, Buffy is the one always doing stuff, and other people are kind of trying to resist and keep it in the ordinary world. Uh, there's so much fun tension to be had when all your characters are active. Even with Xander actively pursuing Buffy, yeah. you know? Um, and I just, like, love that. I love the fact that, like, even Willow, who's supposed to be the more demure character, is still going out and doing things, has goals, has motivations, operates in her philosophy. Yeah, and I think, actually, an example that I just thought of is I watch a lot of, like, procedurals and i feel like i always bring them up but um a lot of uh procedural shows or i guess shows in general once they get to their later seasons probably like around like five or six Mm -hmm. will start doing episodes centered on characters that you don't really see like Mm -hmm. kind of like tertiary characters and they'll be like like, castle that's exactly what i was thinking i know like like, literally it's just gotten to a point now where you're like okay that's what ryan and esposito did okay okay, cool thank you (laughs) that was a specific example i was thinking of and i'm glad that you got that because they just do like they'll do like an episode about ryan or an episode about esposito and it's just like this didn't start until probably like season five and then it's kind of like okay or or six or like you guys are running out of things to do yeah so now you're like they're great characters but now you're just gonna do an episode about this character whereas Buffy kind of starts doing that in season one and we even get like a Cordelia episode yeah not even that it's just that how everyone's lives somehow impact or just kind of touch on each other's lives is more uh, to me very interesting in that idea that Willow's choice to do this affects everybody around her including Giles including everybody uh just the entire school is affected by just her choice and i'm gonna start dating this like random guy on the internet that and is. really he is pretty nice until yeah. you find out that he's molek yeah right i mean his name was malcolm as a jurassic park fan i'd probably Do chat with him malcolm uh, very happy with him. Uh, 
It's the god of the machine. Uh, but no, like... Uh, I mean, in order to have yeah. that, you have to know so much about your characters from the get-go. You have to have so much background. This is probably how we'll eventually tie into our D&D, how their alignment yeah. with these characters. But you have to have that character sheet. I don't know if you, you guys are active in D&D, but... Uh, not that I am. I'm You're too busy working to out. There. Yeah. <laughs> I got row club in the morning. Uh, my coxswain is waiting for me. Uh, but when you are like constructing characters, especially like in writing or acting um, and, and directing as well, like you just need to know so much about why they do things. Yeah. And it can't be because other characters are doing something else. It can't be like, oh, well, because Xander's doing this and I don't want Xander to do it. That's a plot-driven choice versus a character-driven choice. You know, I think to me, something that's very interesting in Buffy just over the season is the prophetic dreams because and how characters interact with that, um, including her. I it, to me, it's a very interesting point that um, they acknowledge that that is a thing that the Slayer can do. And then they constantly debate whether or not right. that's really happening and what does it mean? And it, and it has bearings throughout the entire series, which um, I don't know. It's interesting how like you'd think that Giles hears this and he and he would make a choice, but he mm-hmm. becomes very passive about it. And he's just like, "Listen, okay, if it is this, we'll deal with it." Right. Then, you know, but yeah, okay. Let's let's start grabbing characters. Now that you said that, you it's making me remember and think about the fact that like almost like passivity is played with yeah. in a way. Um, for example, like the master is forced to be passive because yeah. he's stuck in an, in a place. But that creates so much tension because it's, he doesn't want to be. Mm. And that's really cool. I mean, I mean, I guess it's like a thing where like maybe like bringing it out to like Jon Snow and to erase my criticism of Game of Thrones. Like, you know, Jon Snow and Cersei and all these characters, I think they want to be active. They just know that they can't because any action has a reaction. Cersei does stuff, though. I guess, yeah. I would she's argue chaotic, that like Cersei, yeah. Like, <laughs> she's just like, I'm going to do this thing because I, th- yeah, I don't know. I, I love those characters, though, mm-hmm. who, who believe entirely that their actions are... She's like, yeah. she is Cordelia, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, I'm going to do this crazy thing, and I'm choosing... I'm going to lock you... Like, yeah. instead of, like, being, like, the spring fling queen, she's going to yeah. lock up Marjorie. And- yeah, it's just the idea <laughs> of someone else being the spring fling queen. It's just fun <laughs> to say. Um, so, but yeah, so the Master is very interesting because the Master is called into such a great purpose in the same way that Buffy's called into such a great purpose. Yeah. So really, like, the Master, like, there's all these other characters that Buffy has to face off with Luke and all these characters that, you know, come up in episodes. Even Darla is not the biggest influence in the series. She's more of, like, a st- ongoing story point more than maybe yeah. a character, although I love her performance so much. But these characters, like, you know, the Master is like Buffy, but he's trapped in Out of Grandeur, where she is as well because of... She wants well, to they be both normal. rely on other people. Yeah, know, that's true. With a great depth to it. I don't know. It's um, yeah, that's cool because that creates a like you're saying like a whole yeah. network of of reactions and interactions versus like let's say every example I'm going to is a Joss Whedon property, but like let's say like Zod, right? Mm-hmm. Like we pick on Man of Steel a lot, and we're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> uh, like Zod is just like I'm gonna do this. Like this is something I'm doing. I'm gonna take care of it, and then he does it, and. He has other characters that he's interacting with, and they get knocked out of the arena, and then they're just out. And then Zod continues. Whereas the Master has... Like, if Luke fails, he's in a lot of trouble. And that's a really fun interaction to watch over a season. Yeah. I mean, I think that the Master... It's hard for me to articulate it, because I love... The hard thing about this is confining it to to this one localized season. Because to me, the master... We um, can expand. No, no, I know. I, I, I feel like I'm we've already so spoiled, like, so many things. I think. Uh, we have? Have we? Uh, no, um, no, no, in other shows. Other shows. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, in it. Pretty Little Liars, they all lie. Um, Who's A? I've never watched Pretty Little Liars. I know Gossip Girl know. is Chad. I love... Okay, the thing that I love about Buffy is that villains have proxy wars um the the big bads are always using other proxies they rarely even up until the last and then the final thing then normally that's where it is yeah but, but it's always a pro and i i i love um i love that the proxies are just as dangerous i don't know there's something about that quality it makes it like me. a video game kind of yeah uh yeah. which is the only way that i can think to like explain yeah. it in my brain but it's it's great because like it kind of just like helps with that build up. Yeah. Because it's kind of, you know, like by the end of the season, you're going to have to battle this big boss. 
And then... And you know that's coming. Yeah. Right? Like, you know that that yeah. tension is and, there. And the best thing about Joss is how he subverts that constantly throughout yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. And you expect, like, oh, this is going to be it. And yeah. then you're like, oh, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, this is... Yeah. It makes total sense because it's a bunch of Buffy writers, but Netflix is Daredevil. Same thing, mm-hmm. where it's the interaction between our heroes and these almost, like, Class B villains? Yeah. No, that yeah. sounds judgmental. But, like, um, beta villains, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, let's just make it a Greek alphabet. Um, <laughs> the, the interaction between that still... It's not that, like, these are, like, minor bosses leading up to the big boss. It's not just that. It's also, like, those interactions then feed the narrative between your big bad and your hero. Mm. Like, whatever Daredevil and his gang does to these, like, beta villains, it just drives the kingpin in a different direction each yeah. time. And that's really cool. That feels really organic and interesting. And it's funny because the Master is, like, not the greatest, greatest character that, like, we've seen in, like, the Whedonverse. Even if you haven't seen the rest of Buffy, like, you know, Loki and all these characters are interesting. Uh, And they still exist in their ecosystem, right? Like, that's what I love about the first Avengers film. Loki has to answer to somebody else, and that's why there's so much pressure on him. I Honestly, I think the Master is terrifying because Buffy doesn't really establish her, like, the range of her powers or, like, what she is. You know, she hasn't it's the, her first big fight in this way. You know what I mean? She's taken on multiple vampires. Number of vampires doesn't matter. The Well, really, the terrifying thing about the Master is the prophecy. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah. That, honestly, yeah. that like there's no way around it. You know, mm. that's... that's a, I, I like that. That's some Harry Potter yeah. business. Yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 or like, I mean, I always go to Donnie... The whole time. I go to Donnie Darko because that's my thing that I really like. Yeah. Because it's the whole concept of, like, this is what's going to happen, and you can either... I mean... Donnie Darko is actually kind of depressing, which if you... It's super spoiled, depressing. I'm yeah. going to spoil Donnie Darko now. If you haven't... That's, I, I think, okay. It? It's like a, old. Like the sled was... But the whole... Uh, was the sled the whole Darko. Was, was I just think... Bed. I listen. Spoiler uh, time. <laughs> my favorite spoiler is Snape killed Trinity with Rosebud. That's literally <laughs> my Oh my favorite. God, that'd be amazing if he did that though. Yeah. It would be great. Um. So anyway, <laughs> but the whole thing with Donnie Darko, like the way that they handle fate is kind of like... Like, he basically gets this prophecy, and it's like, you, this is what's going to happen to you, so, like, decide what's going to happen. Yeah. And he just kind of, like, goes for it and dies. Also, basically. for, like, for this, uh, maybe not Buildings Roman, I'm going to use that incorrectly, so let's just skip it. In, in terms of, like, these, like, YA characters, young adult, in case you've not gone to a bookstore in the last 40 years. Um, what's a bookstore? Uh, it's this okay. Hmm. Have you been to the? Gap? I think they have What's War and Peace there. Oh God! Uh, like I'm, I've minded. Do you know what a surface is? Ma- manned, my minded. <laughs> Do I know what a surface is? You've mounded the gap. Mounted, mounted. minded. Yeah, I've done a lot of stuff. I'm... Wow. What? I've done a lot of stuff at the Gap because I used to work there. Oh, I do like the gap though. And Brooklyn. Oh, that's your time up. So, Kunstel uh, <laughs> Roman. Right, Kunstel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I think it's a huge fear in YA, this idea of destiny, because when you're, like, becoming a young adult, mm. um, as the as the genre nods to, you want to ha- be free, but then there's also this knowledge that you can't, you how, know? How, I'm trying to remember, it's been, I'm really sad that I, I didn't rewatch it, uh, but I... Uh, how does Giles handle the prophecy? Oh, he, he flips because out. like yeah. he, he, he had to. He went on his own. Like that would be okay. I that's a huge. He, he had his own stuff. You know, what I mean? yeah, his own past, yeah. his own like yeah. prophecy. You can say that. Too. I feel okay, like well, that's fine. Giles, Giles had to deal with his own um, coming of age in the same way, and he yeah. and he owned up to it. Mm-hmm. And it, and and later stuff you kind of read about how like it really like screwed with him that's like, expanded like, universe yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like it it's it's an affecting thing to deal with that and so it's interesting to watch him take that kind of uh yoda like i'm gonna guide you through this thing um yeah. and the first time we see him break because like even though we i mean you you know that there's gonna be a lot of interesting stuff popping up but jobs hasn't come up totally in this season yet yeah he's still kind of there to like watch over buffy and he's being the watcher we haven't like toyed with that a whole lot quite yet yeah but the second that we start to see him break is in Nightmares, when he goes to the graveyard. And even though he knows that this is preventable, and he knows that this is a nightmare, and there's a way that they can take care of this, and really, at the end of the day, it's a Little League coach that he's going to grab the arm <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. Um, we see him falter, unlike we've ever seen him falter before, where he's like, I failed her, this is my responsibility. And there's something that just sticks there, right? That touches a nerve that's very raw. Yeah. And that's really, and that's cool. 
I don't, did you guys ever, I think this is interesting about characters, but did you ever really go into how the death of a best friend affects, like, Xander? Because, like, I don't know if that was ever, like, touched on or worked on. We I mentioned was, it once. We I know talked he was, about it a little bit yeah. in Prophecy Girl. Because it's, to me, that's interesting that, uh, like, yeah. I'm trying to remember a scene where Xander is, like, you should, that should be his, like, that really should be his overall, like, season arc should be, yeah. like, him getting dealing over with this world. Yeah, yeah dealing or with not this getting world. over, but no, dealing, but like, yeah. because yeah, I'm... I know, like, Joss wanted to put that in there as, like, well, watch, anyone can mm-hmm. die in this yeah. series. But if people die, it affects you. Like, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to me that that I, was never... I mean, Jesse's death seemed to be handled kind of like all the other deaths in the yeah. school where it's like, oh, this person died. I knew them. Yeah. But he did kick, like, a trash can, and he did have to kind of... He was, he was upset when it happened, but yeah. I feel like he doesn't... It's not the. It's not like he took like two weeks. Like, well, it's you know, fine. Yeah, I don't. Leave, I think but... it would just become a show about Xander <laughs> dealing with grief. Yeah, which is. But then again, maybe focusing on this world kind of gives him a kind of outlet yeah. in some ways. I don't think that's. I think I'd be drawing too much. I mean, there are also later. This isn't. Never mind. We won't get into it. But I mean, death is a huge part of the show, and yeah. we'll explore it more in depth later. Uh, we're talking like we're the writers. Like, just keep, stay tuned to our <laughs> yeah, show. Gonna, it's going to be good. Uh, it's <laughs> we have some good. crazy things coming up in season yeah. Wow, postmodernism is tough. We have season a show about two. a show. Season uh, two is where I start watching every time again. And I'll yeah. go back to season one um, yeah. for the nostalgia. Season one, I'll watch like on Halloween yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll watch all of season yeah. one in a go. Where I'm just like, yeah. oh, this is like the best episodes of Goosebumps and Twilight Zone and Arc of the Dark together. <laughs> and Star Trek. Some touches of Star Trek. Yes. Uh, let's let's do let's do character alignments because this is it's sure. gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much that I want to talk about with these characters, and I feel like we could do like five five hours on each character. But let's just jump into alignments, and that'll probably take us through. To be honest, um, and if you don't, so we, when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and you're creating a character, you get something called an alignment, and I'm gonna let Holland explain this because she's an expert. Okay, um, so basically, I mean, I well, I just want to give the basic explanation and not uh, fuck anything up. I also have an alignment ring that I'm not wearing, unfortunately. Uh, not uh, you matters. can't see this, but like Holland like showed off her ring, but then addressed it. It wasn't. She's like, <laughs> I have this ring, and I was like, Oh, cool. That's. I mean, I don't have it. Yeah. This yeah. is a different ring that I'm showing you right now. Um. Okay. So uh, first of all, I feel like I have to give a disclaimer every time I fucking say anything now so basically uh character alignments it's there's only nine of them um so it's kind of hard to take the entire human condition and pick one for each person yeah but i mean if people can say the bechdel test is a little like unnecessary i think that nine is more than enough for humanity if we live in the world where the bechdel test is optional think of it as like your your neutral point you know what i mean like everyone there is a neutral there's there's a true neutral that is one of them no matter who you are you can go to the extreme of like being towards what you are and then going away from yeah like everyone has yeah yeah i think it's like ultimately but where do you naturally Mm -hmm. what you yeah what you most identify with pretty much um so lawful good uh is the crusader um so basically that is someone who is good um and follow the rules is probably the most simple way of saying it so they like want to do what's right um it's usually kind of like a law enforcement um type character because it's very much someone who is by the book um or follows some sort of set of rules um religion is another one um basically like they have something that they believe in and that they stand true to um and what they know to be right and wrong and the example you have for that is um, scully right i i put scully um because i think that works for her um i also have leslie nope and ellen ripley um, <laughs> leslie nope that's leslie a really, nope yeah. is a really good one ellen ripley yeah. is kind of harder um mm-hmm. but i would definitely say scully or or uh Leslie Nope is a really good one. So who's lawful good right now? Buffy and... I would say Giles, 100% Giles. Giles, yeah. right? Yeah, because Giles, yeah. Giles is literally He's by, by the, the book, book yeah. of the yeah. Watchers yeah. <laughs> Council. Yeah. Uh, Willow too. I would oh, say... Oh, yeah, you know what? I don't... She is... Are we not there yet? Would you say not lawful? No, I would say lawful. It's, it's Okay, so in terms of like the grid, right, there's evil, neutral, good... And then there's lawful, neutral, chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Law- lawful, neutral, uh, evil. Or did you do? I think it's good, neutral, evil, evil yeah. and lawful. Oh, we neutral, did back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaotic. Okay. So Jedi, but, us folks, Sith. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, but I don't know if I would call. Yeah, I guess I would. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say that as I'm of right now, yeah. she is lawful good because she is, she's kind of like straight A student, yeah. like plays by the rules, like is just starting to kind of break the rules by working with Buffy and them. And that's a cool it's, thing. It's um, the hacking to me. Like, I feel like she... I feel like to me, like an evil. Uh, not, not calling Willow evil, yeah. but like she's evil. No, I'm not, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying that like um, to to break the law mm-hmm. is against a. It's like in inter- knowing what the law is and breaking it yeah. makes them less. Well, I guess that's. But that's lawful. why it's harder I because know. like I, I think law, that, right? maybe I think she's like neutral. Yeah. Good. Well, I don't, <laughs> it, that's where it gets hard yeah. between lawful and neutral because I think the same thing about like Scully and she is like the ideal kind of like lawful good for me. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you watch the X Files, like as they start really realizing like how corrupt everything is, like she kind of starts but breaking you know, the rules. But, but in that case, I think that she sees that the law itself is being broken. Is, is, it's, okay. It's shifting under like the the neutral but then, line wouldn't, is moving. Couldn't you say the same thing about? Willow, Willow is like the only reason that she's she going in and like hacking help stuff because... cheat and stuff. Yeah, she right? does. She does some stuff that okay, like so I don't think not... she thinks. I yeah. know, oh, but I'm, I'm yeah. saying I think I she defines what lawful <laughs> might be. Okay, I think Giles is the one that like can't is break literally... the rules right now. Yeah, okay. the idea of breaking rules and also what he uses the breaking or not breaking the rules for is good. Mm-hmm. I think Willow is like neutral, neutral good. good. I think her intentions are good, but yeah, I think she knows what. I'm also gonna say, which is why she hides it from people, like at least Giles. If well, she was open is, with Giles. The thing is, with, uh, with I feel like with lawful good characters, uh, this is so nerdy. I know, it's so uh, hard. I feel like I just... when we're breaking into a dungeon to make sure we can get the, the gnome jewels. I just um, want to be a paladin forever. Because um, <laughs> they're lawful. Uh, I'm a level two druid right now. I want to so be. You guys know. But right. um, yeah, uh, I just started. I'm so mad that you guys you are playing without me. Because I have no one to play with. There you go. Nice job. I have no one to play D and D with. Um, but in terms of, uh, we're about to start a league in Hong Kong. I'll just move to Hong Kong. <laughs> you I'm should not come doing over. Anything. Come over. You should come over. Yeah. Hong- that was Literally. the longest flight of my life, and it sucked, and it was horrible. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's always going to be a long, horrible flight. Um, but incentive with, with lawful good characters. I feel like either it's a reaction to um, something that happened in the past of yeah. unlawfulness. Um, or you put yourself at a position of being corrupted, right? Or not being corrupted per se, but you're such an idealist that if the law, if you were to disagree with like the law, for, like, yeah, like I feel like Batman is lawful good until Dark Knight Rises when then he is inspiring other people to be like, look, we kind of have to take this. Maybe he's not actually. What is, what is I want to know what Angel is. Sorry, I was just like, I was gonna I'm say, like really engaged because Batman makes me, Batman makes me think yeah. just because like, He's um, they're they they lurk in the shadows and they're like obsessed with like and they seem to get money from you're not sure where yeah you know but uh you know. yeah Wink angel or, where is he angel works as like uh because he's kind of like a like a deep throat kind of like informant type character yeah and so characters like that are i want to say lawful good because he knows because he has a history of violence you want to say and so he sticks Angel's with it lawful he's made good. his law it's so and he sticks by it like he doesn't sleep with buffy he like barely kisses her. Does he? Yeah, they kiss. He he. But yeah, is that like Angel's choice or is that Angel? Oh, like, I don't know. Like I think he hasn't. This is getting to like Plato level. Because what is what are chains? I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> the shadows are just shadows, and a pipe is just a. Um, no, I. He's like he's. Angel's not an. Uh, is not chaotic. No. No. Well, Maybe he's he shows up randomly, doesn't he? And he chooses when he's going to act. There are a bunch of episodes where he, like he doesn't take action when he could. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't Is like it a greater good take or... action, yeah. right? But he doesn't. And you, I remember, I remember an earlier podcast you talked about like it was like him trying to impress her, maybe or something. That's not a lawful action. That's slightly chaotic. That's slightly you're neutral. Right. It is, but like I don't see angels. Well, he is. I think he chaotic, wants to be lawful good, but. I think there's a gap between what he wants to be. I think, well, like, this is the yeah. hardest thing we've ever had to I do. I think, yeah, Jesus. Um, Angel is a vampire. <laughs> it's chaotic that the fact that he is a vampire with a soul alone is a very kind of like chaotic thing to have to deal with. But I feel like there may be like, maybe vampire angel is like chaotic. Yeah. And then. Did you say what Angel Vampire Angel's name is? is? Lawful. No, yeah. No. no. I, don't think so. I can say that Harmony is chaotic evil. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fact about that nature. She it. had one nice moment 
where, according to Chris, where she just let Willow go. It's like, I think she's I just don't doing care her homework. For Harmony. Uh, uh, Cordelia. Hyenas are lawful good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hyenas because, bring balance to the world. Yeah. Um, Cordelia is. Yeah, Cordelia Chase. Chaotic good. That's what yeah. I'm yeah. Because I think she's just in it for herself or just to see, like, just a mess with stuff. She stirs up a lot. Like, yeah. you can't rely on her. But at the same time, it's not like she's, like, done anything horrible. No. Except from, like, making a girl go invisible. But that was only partly her fault. Yeah. We kind of all share blame on that. Society. You didn't even know Marcy existed in the TV show until that episode, <laughs> did you? Yeah. No, uh, she's, she's, I would say, chaotic good. Uh, okay, let's do the one that every, that's on everyone's tongues. Okay, well, Chris isn't here. And uh, Chris is a huge fan of Xander. Oh, no. Xander is my favorite character. And so we're going to go ahead and take this opportunity while Chris isn't here to defend him to say, Xander's great. Xander's a great character. The second Chris comes back, we're going to go back on hating Xander. But Xander's (laughs) a really interesting character, especially in a place that, like, doesn't necessarily require such an interesting and complex character. He's just, like, a boy, and yet there's so much going on that it's going to be a little hard for us to figure out what his alignment is. Right? Because he has, like, a sense of morality, but he also has, like, his own little... It's just tendencies. He's got tendencies. I don't think... I think Xander's, like, neutral, neutral. I think he's the uh, neutral, everyday neutral, man. Yeah. Or, like, That's he's the everyday true. person. He might be like, true he neutral. Can, yeah, because he, he, he doesn't take advantage of the system, but he doesn't, like, let it run over him. He doesn't do bad things all the time, but he does it sometimes. He really shouldn't have been in that Except, room like, with... Except, uh, like, I don't, I don't know if he's true neutral, to... though, because he's very much... He's very much doing what he's doing, kind of, like... For Buffy, you're like he's literally kind of like driven by sex. So like he has some emotional thing that yeah. is kind of like driving him. And I feel like if you're a true, true neutral, you're very kind of like you analyze everything hmm. to an extent and you're like It's I'm, almost like stoicism, you're saying? Like I just see true neutral characters as kind of like Oh. No, I just realized Snyder was like chaotic evil. It's like he's lawful evil. He's lawful evil. Yeah. Yeah. Snyder is yeah, lawful, lawful evil. evil. He uses the law to Keep people down. Yeah. As much as I think that Snyder secretly is he's good the guy, opposite but... of uh, he's the opposite of Giles. Yeah, you know what I mean another authoritative person. Yeah, oh. yeah. I feel like no neutral neutral is like not driven by later. emotion. I don't think. I think Xander has too much emotion. I think he's good. I think he's at least I leans would, on good. I would love at some point for you guys to explore like all good. the villains of Buffy in terms oh, of yeah. in terms of their alignment. Because that would be I think great. That would be insanely cool to see like where everyone falls on that like well. This goes to show, so this, Buffy doesn't necessarily have the most, like, cultural and ethnic diversity out of a possible cast. Um, That's going to get fun. Which is funny because it's, uh, it was still in the 90s, and the 90s was, like, all about that. Like, Sesame Street, all different kinds of Muppets. Uh, (laughs) All different textures. But um, there is so much diversity in the characters. Hmm. Like, even, like, it's not just, like, this is the standard team, like, you've got, like, your wild card, like, your, you know, your... Cannonball you're Wolverine, you're like, yeah, yeah you're yeah, your lawful good Cyclops and stuff like that. Yeah. Like these guys are all sort of gray areas, even though like they're more what? in one. Um, and and it's so fun to watch that dynamic play around, you know? What would Buffy be? You know, really? Buffy is I wanna say I say chaotic good. Chaotic, she's I am always weird with Buffy because I can't tell if she is like chaotic good or chaotic neutral because it's one of those things where she is very much like thrown into this situation oh you're right and this season maybe chaotic neutral um so yeah i think it definitely depends on the season and like where she's at like emotionally because i feel like buffy goes through so much stuff um i think she has more um potential for to lean not saying evil but i'm saying to lean more towards evil than xander yeah yeah. Like, she's more resistant to certain good acts than I think Xander. Xander can throw himself in da- in dangerous paths for his friends, whereas I feel like there's a lot more going... And it's not anyone's fault, per se. Buffy's stakes are so much higher than, uh, um, than you know, Xander's. But, yeah, I would... Yeah, I'm just agreeing with you. I don't know why I'm over-talking this. No, I'd say chaotic good. I just, I just feel like she's... But she does I, I, she stand rarely, up again. yeah. She rarely does something for the sake of, like, or she, I, I, I think that, like, to her, it's always good. I don't mm, see her regretting actions yes. right now. Maybe she's resistant. I mean, again, yeah. put yourself like in her might, shoes. I feel like <laughs> she might That's a crazy thing to ask of a, good, a high schooler. Yeah. Neutral, 
and then she is very resistant she's a reluctant hero yeah. Well, because that's how I feel. Because I always get confused about like reluctant heroes. Because I think they're either uh, like it's either like a chaotic neutral or like a neutral good thing. Because mm. the way I tend to see neutral good a lot of the time is like that transitional phase where it's like you're given this journey, and right. then if someone takes on the journey and is like, "Yeah, no, I'm totally gonna. I want to be good. I want to do the right thing. I just don't necessarily know how I'm gonna do about that." And they're just kind of like the people who just like listen to whoever's telling them. Like it's kind of like when Luke first starts off and Obi Wan is like, "Do this, do that." Or like when Neo first starts off and Morpheus is like, do this thing, do that thing. So it's like they're literally just kind of like doing whatever, not necessarily because it's right mm. and yeah, not what necessarily is because it's wrong. I said he was neutral good because he wants to do the right thing, um, but he doesn't necessarily know why he's doing it. Right. He's just kind of listening to other people. I want my power And converters. I feel like that's how a lot of heroes yeah. start off and they just kind of like follow what they're told, but not necessarily in a lawful way. They just don't know what the fuck to do. So they just do like what they think they should be mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. And then by the end of a certain period, they figure it out. Like, um, But I don't know if Buffy starts off that way because Buffy is so kind of like invested in what she's told to do. She's kind of like what like even if she is trying to go against the prophecy, she's very much like emotionally invested in like what has happened to her. It might be nice. Like, Maybe. I don't know. Like I was just thinking like, okay. Assume maybe that they're all, I was just looking at it and maybe it revises what I said earlier, but if Buffy's chaotic and Xander is neutral and like Willow is lawful, that'd be interesting to like throw them all into like neutral, like when they're the mm. mix, mixed together. Cause, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a good, wait, you, you're saying exactly. It's a good point that it's, she's reluctant. So it's very hard to, yeah. And the choice, but the choice isn't intent. like, and this is what I like, but she goes patrolling she goes patrolling of her own free well, will before the, she's told that she has to do it. In the first episode, the reason that she really raises, like, get goes to the challenge, mm-hmm. right, is not because there's any reward, uh, not because the law says so, but because Willow's in danger. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a really cool choice. She's but, probably yeah. chaotic good. That's what I, I kind of like about like uh, that's kind of like that like in the first Iron Man film. That's what made Tony Stark so interesting to me. Is like it wasn't like I have the ability to do this, so I will, which is a lot of comic book movies. Yeah. It's also like. I have to do this because it's the law, which is a lot of comic book movies. It's because he was, the moment for me is when he's watching TV and sees that like Stark weapons are being sold to the enemy and he's got like the the, the gauntlet and he yeah. just starts shooting windows and then he like decides to just like own up to it and do it. Because um, even building the suit and stuff like that, that's really just to escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Buffy's in a similar way where like there's the reason that she does it is because of people. It's because it's affecting people. Yeah. And, and also the way that I think about it too is like most of my favorite characters are chaotic good. So if it's ever a character that I really like, mm-hmm. I like, I probably know this is like, it sounds yeah, like a dumb reason, but no, it's a great it reason. makes no, sense because you if, you have, world, if you have yeah. characters that like you are drawn to, yeah. um, it like, I realize that usually that's like, why I like Han Solo because he's chaotic. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and Mal Reynolds because like, yeah. Mal yeah. Reynolds is Han Solo. <laughs> And here's yeah. what's here's what's really cool about that, and like again with um, Han, and more so I would say with Mal, especially because we've seen a lot of that story between the show, the movie, and comics. What happens, and this is going to feed into Leader and Buffy, but it's just fun to talk about in season one. What happens when you have someone who's reasoning? They're they're chaotic good. If we're going to say that Buffy's chaotic good right now, and the reason that they do good is because it affects people, which is a very Mm. I and I'm biased because that's how I feel the world should be, but I think that's a, a healthy philosophy. What happens though when people turn against you, or or you you stop to feel that way, right? That's kind of like ugh, never mind. I was going to say something really big, but uh, <laughs> about a different show that's related to this. But what happens when you lose that base? And that's something that's yeah. really interesting. Something that would have been really cool to see with Ultron, but that's. A separate podcast that we recorded earlier. <laughs> um, but that's that's really exciting. Like, it's not just it's her calling, right? It's not just like a Thor thing where it's like you, you, you're you born into greatness. She's sort of born into greatness, but also like the greatness that she's acting on is because like there's people and she's got to deal with people. And if people turn against her, if her friends turn against her or something goes wrong, how will she react to that way? In the same way that Cyclops, when people turned against him, he flipped out and became like a terrorist. Yeah, but... But again, that's <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Um, so anyhow, we're kind of getting towards the end of this discussion of character. Watch any calendar. 
And that's what we're going to finish on. Uh, you <laughs> took the words out of my mouth and replaced them with better words. I honestly wasn't yeah. going to do that. Uh, <laughs> this should take two seconds. Watch it. Jenny Calendar, we've minutes. gotten a taste of her. And I think that it's in, like the, the one episode that really features her, it's a ton. You totally mm. get a sense of her character. They did a lot of research in building this character. What do we think about Jenny Calendar? I think she's honestly, I'm going to throw out lawful good. And I think. But I think her she's, law is a specific she's law. lawful good to her specific set of law. Yeah. And I think that's why her and Giles yeah. work because even though they follow like two separate like paths, like that's as a, far as like what their law yeah. is. That's what yeah. the chemistry that's, is between those two characters, yeah. right? That's the chemistry between those two characters is they're similar. He yeah. just yeah. likes old things and she likes computers, but they both have like their hearts and magic. Yeah. So that's what unites them. Yep. It's yeah. like I'm really good friends with someone who uses a hoe in the garden, whereas I'm more of like a trouble person. And Rose it's just... Marian time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a good Anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. I think uh completely. What are what are you? Me? Yeah. I am I try to put out this image of lawful good, but I'm definitely Oof, that's a good question, actually. Oh, is if, this too much soul searching? Yeah, yeah. If I get I was like, this slightly, would be a nice way to finish it off. Nope. I will hold on to... Yeah, I'm very... I try to maintain lawful good, and it's a very conscious decision. As you can probably tell from listening from these episodes of the things I pick on on Buffy, I if I'm pushed out of my comfort zone, I become chaotic good. Hmm. But then if I'm really pushed and I'm having a bad day, like, legitimate chaotic evil. Like... Burning, <laughs> burning buildings to the ground with words, not real buildings. Buildings of feelings. Um, if I'm playing a game, I'm I tend this to be real chaotic. Real life. <laughs> real life. Real life. Is, I, life is a I'm, game. I'm. I'd say I'm neutral good. Um, okay. That that aspires to be lawful good. Um, because I because I think that lawful and chaotic, I think, is very relative. Um, when, when your system is like, like, like your moral guidance, like is what you use by it. But then that can like, definitely, I think over time, the definition of what lawful is, is hugely shifted. Right. Even from when like Buffy was a show to like now. Yeah. Um, that would be a huge discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what That I will take say. up with the LA. I'd say I, I own up, I own up to my flaws that I'm, that I have some chaotic in me. Nice. That's yeah. good. You're a full-fledged character. You're, you're like yeah. almost a Whedon character. I have a whole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. And how about you, Holland Farkas? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely chaotic good. I definitely, like, I strive to just be true neutral. Like, I wish that I could just analyze everything and, like, look at everything as it is. Because um, I feel like that's the most sensible way to make decisions. And it's weird because I'm very, like, like not like bipolar but like in that way like i'm just like this is how i should be looking at things like i should be looking at things like without any sort of um emotion or anything attached to them but i can't function that way like i'm the most emotional person in the world and i'm create and which makes me chaotic and ultimately like i do want to do the right thing and i can't help that either so i'm definitely chaotic good as much as i may try to like avoid that it's like super obvious that was uh, our discussion of character. Um, we would love to know what your alignment is, or what do you think your alignment is, or what are you what are you afraid your alignment is? That's another question. <laughs> no series of questions I just asked. Uh, you can go ahead and share that with us on Twitter at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast, or on our Facebook. We'll post that question. It'll probably be a pop quiz, or maybe some summer reading because this is like an in between thing. And that's Facebook.com/slash/SunnydaleStudyGroup. We want to thank our guests so much for joining us. Thank you, Ben, coming all the way from China. Just yeah. for the podcast. He actually dug... Never mind. That's going to make a really bad Bugs Bunny joke. A hole? A hole. You can't do that. Down. Did you watch the core? That's I was going to reference the Bill Nye episode. I was going to reference, you know, science and... and no. Because here's the thing. According to the movie The Core, you can do that if you have Aaron Eckhart do? on your team. Is that they what they go, do? Because they have to reboot yeah, the rotation. Like the best liar, so I haven't you know, watched that movie since the seventh grade. I don't know what yeah. actually happens. I probably fell asleep. They stopped <laughs> The Core, right? Like, they stopped it, and that's why there's, like, all these earthquakes. They but they didn't go all the way through, stuff. did they? They just went to The Core. They didn't <laughs> go out the other side of The Core. No, I think they just went back up. Yeah, they just went down and back up. 
Yeah, so maybe you can go all the way to the sun, and then they restarted the sun. That was sunshine. Oh, it was the same movie. Yeah. (laughs) And then then they get into a spaceship with a bomb, and then they're just like, now we have to go fix the sun. (laughs) Yeah, but then there was an asteroid on the way, and they drilled into it. It's just a really long trip for these the guys. Second, second question I want to I want to throw out to the internet <laughs> yes, is what music genre is Sunshine Core and can if you want to record your music or make a Spotify Core, list? I hope it's related to Vaporwave. I just it learned needs about to that. Have, vaporwave. What? Vaporwave. Like the concept of vapors. And vaporwave is the like thing. I've got the vapors. <laughs> that was Ben. That was not me. That was Ben's voice. <laughs> and that was Omar's laugh and saying what, but Ben's voice explaining what mm-hmm. happened. We should open up a Tennessee Williams theater. We should. And then just do Tennessee Williams plays. But everyone is that. Is the, I've got the vapors. That's it. Yeah, no other lines. No, that's it. It's just one. But we give credit to Tennessee Williams. Six times. Yeah. We should do the Night of the Iguana. I feel like that's underappreciated. It is. Yeah. Um, We should also do the Glass Menagerie. 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 I was going to somehow bring that to... Desire, but like I couldn't make it. No. Uh, yeah, my favorite play is the Crucible, and you just emphasize the last syllable, the syllable of every word in the yes. play. Sybil. No, you did a good job. You're off to a great start. Sybil. Yeah. No, you did it. You're both off to a great start. Thanks. Man. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we will be back in, depending on when this goes up, in a few weeks or next week. I'm not really sure yet. <laughs> Uh, in terms of our season two, we are really excited to jump in. We also have insane more guests. Weights. I was going to say that five minutes ago. More weights? I wanted to, more weight. I wanted to quote Charles Corey, but then I just couldn't uh. think of the quote. And then I didn't <laughs> wait. I just said it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us uh, in this no man's land of uh, between season one, season two, our summer break, if you will, even though we're going to get the season two in the summer <laughs> but we have a lot of really cool and fun stuff planned out for season two feel free to hit us up on the socials we'd love to interact with you guys and uh also you'll get a little sneak surprise here we are preparing season two library cards they're going to be different than season one so if you want them email us at sunnydalestudygroup at gmail.com they're going to be different than season one i'm not going to say how maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right pack up your bags pick up your books We'll see you next week. You, yeah, you definitely have this really funny thing where you flip back and forth. This is less of a podcast thing, just more of a personal thing. Oh, great. Where the way that you address, <laughs> like, if a, if a situation is horrible, you're just like, oh my god, this is the worst. Just, it's fine. You know what? It's fine. And, like, you come to peace, and then a second later, you're just like, it's, I mean, it's not. Like, everything is terrible, and, like, the world, like, needs to be, like, restarted. But you know what? It's, you know what? It's okay now. <laughs> That's good. That's better than burning down emotional buildings. <laughs>